Today on the Bill Kelly Show on AM 900 CHML. Stay on track. Boy, if I had a buck for every time somebody said that to me. Uh, no, this is actually a very, very worthwhile program. It's the title of an initiative between the Regional Cancer Program and Hammer City Roller Derby to promote pap test screening. Uh, now, why has Hammer City decided to do this and partner with this? Well, there's a story to that, and we're going to talk to you about and tell you about it right now. Joining us uh, to talk about this is our good friend Maggie Middleton, the president of Hammer City Roller Derby. Good to see you. Thanks for coming nice today. Nice to see you, too. Thanks for having and, us. And uh, Dr. Dustin Costescu, who is a cervical lead for the Regional Cancer Program, Assistant Professor of Family Planning and Specialist at McMaster University. Uh, great to have you, Doctor. Thanks so much for this. Thanks for having me. How'd this idea come about? It's a great question. You know, it takes uh, a lot of guts to talk about cervix. Uh, it's uh, it's a personal problem. You know, people know that they need to have a pap test done, uh, but it's hard to remember when to do it. And when we were trying to think of ways to get people excited about it, we, we said to ourselves, you know, who are some of the strongest people we know in the city? And when we learned about the roller derby, we thought these are, <laughs> these are the people we need to get in touch with. And you, you guys jumped right into this. Oh, absolutely. Um, when we first got the call that uh, there was interest in a partnership, um, you know, a few things kind of struck me. Uh, and first off, roller derby is full of cervixes. I, I would say that the population of roller derby is um, 95% of the people who play roller derby have a cervix. So uh, our populations that we're trying to reach, both through um, the promotion of our sport as well as the promotion of this program, they really mesh quite well. Um, secondly, when I found out that there was a component of this campaign that wanted to share personal stories, I immediately knew of three people within the organization who have really good stories to share. So not only are we advocates for the cancer screening and for, for pap tests, um, we're also people who have seen the benefits of actually doing them regularly and catching things early. And then thirdly, you know, roller derby is a, we try to be as gender inclusive as possible. And um, often cervical screening is talked about in the context of women's health, um, but it really transcends gender. And just like roller derby, it's a really welcome space for, for all genders. And so it's for everybody who has a cervix regardless of what your gender gender identity is let's let's talk a little bit about you, just before we started this segment doctor you and i were talking about a common friend of ours dr bill evans of course uh, who's working with the cancer assistance program now but he was the up at Jervinsky for the longest time of course and did a great job there and every time bill would come on the show he said you know i wish we could get the message out there to the common individuals and there to get testing done uh, and uh, male and female, we just don't. We we have one of the best cancer facilities in North America, right up the street on Concession Street here, but we don't look after ourselves, and it's always well, it's going to happen to somebody else and not me. Absolutely. You know, we, we want you to stay healthy. We'd love for you not to come and visit us at the cancer center, and a really easy way to do that is to stay on track with all of your screening. Uh, and, and, and I know that this is we're going to talk about what's going to happen here with this program, but I mean, I, I maintain that men are worse than women. Uh, men just don't want to go to the doctor. They don't want to have those tests done. Oh, that's, oh, oh, I don't want to do that. Uh, but this is, early detection is the key. I mean, we've talked about how the cancer rates and, and, and the, the survival rates have increased so significantly over the last number of years. But that's because we're getting people to actually say, look at your body, see your body, be aware of what's happening in your body. 
Absolutely. Cervical cancer is one of those cancers that you won't get a lot of signs or symptoms of until it's too late. And it's almost entirely preventable. If you look at Ontario, there are about 600 cases of cervical cancer every year. But in developing nations where there are no pap tests and no organized program, it's usually the number one or two causes of cancer in women in those countries. And that's a, a valid point, Maggie, what, uh, what the doctor was just talking about. It, oh, I feel great. I, I, I'm not sick. I don't need to go to the doctor and have a test done. That's maybe the best time to get the test done yes. to make sure you stay that way. Yes, exactly. And and that routine testing, I mean, with my own personal story um, that that's shared through through the campaign as well, my mother uh, had cervical cancer and hers was found a little bit too late. So it, it was already, um, you know, it was cancer already. Um, luckily, she has a bill, clean bill of health. But that really was a wake up call for me in my teens to say, this is important. This happened right in front of me to a woman who was very healthy. So um, I started my own um Back then, it was every year you'd get a pap. And in my second year of university, I ended up having a few pap smears come back uh, abnormal. So I was on a schedule over two years to just make sure that it cleared itself up. And it did, luckily. Um, And I've just continued getting the testing since then because, you know, that's two instances within my family, which are a very healthy family. Um, So, you know, it could have turned out a lot worse than it had, uh, especially for my mother who got it checked. Is there a hereditary factor to that, doctor? So HPV is actually the cause. That, that's a virus that causes cervical cancer. We do think that maybe there are some uh, families that do have an increased risk of getting cancer from the virus, but it's actually something that gets shared uh, amongst everyone. The problem is, is that it's hard to go looking for it. The reality is 85% of people by the time they're 30 will have had an HPV infection. So really, everybody is at risk, and that's why we really want everybody with the cervix to be screened. When we talked about breast cancer awareness, uh, and you know, we, we'd encourage women to, to check themselves and look for lumps, etc. Uh, are, are there telltale signs for, for the, the cervical cancer? So most patients that have cervical cancer really don't realize that they're having any symptoms. Um, If you aren't due for a pap, but you're worried about some of the symptoms, things to watch for would be irregular bleeding, uh, pelvic pain, pain with intimacy or intercourse, um, or something that doesn't seem quite right. You know, it's worthwhile to call your doctor, nurse practitioner and get in and get checked. Maggie was mentioning about annual tests. What what is the time frame for that? So currently in Ontario, if you're between 21 and 69 and you have a cervix and you've been sexually active at any point in your life, then you should have a pap done every three years. The three-year thing has confused some patients. And what we see is people thinking, if I only need it every three years, I must not need it at all. And that's not true. The, The test is very good at ruling out cancer for three years or more. And so we know we don't need to go through it every single year. Um, And that way we can reduce the number of uncomfortable exams that patients have in their lifetime. But it's still very important that you get one done. Maggie, i got to ask you, I I know about, of course, you guys with the the Hammer City Rollers and the the great team that you have and the folks that are involved in this. When you talked about this initiative and said this is what we're going to get involved, did did you do a little test and say how many of you actually do get pap smears? How many do get testing? We didn't really survey the league to say how many of you get testing, but it it received overwhelming support within our league. Um, So they understand the necessity. Yes, they understand the necessity of it. Um, And also just the overwhelming support of the people who had stories to share. Um, and as was mentioned earlier, like people often don't talk about these things, to talk about your cervix, to talk about um, these things that, you know, it's a it's an intimate issue. Um, our league jumped right on it and people put their hands up to say, I want to share my story and other people applauded them. So it became a really safe space to talk about it. And I think 
that that's one of the things that we want to create is is that we want to talk about it. Um, you know, people are growing mustaches in, in November for prostate cancer. Um, you know, getting uh, your, your pap test. You know, there's no reason why we can't talk about it kind of in the same way. That's a big part of this, though, isn't it? Telling stories. Yeah. For, for those that may be a little hesitant to say, I, I, I really don't want to talk about this hear somebody else's story and say, yeah, I, that happened to me. And, and then that, that allows you to open up. Yeah. Definitely. Great idea. Uh, maybe we should talk a little bit about uh, the test itself, doctor, and exactly what has to happen and what does happen when they go and, and say, okay, it's time. Yeah. So it's important to remember that a pap test really only takes between one and two minutes. Um, there's a bit of prep time. You've got to take some time off and get to the office and everything like that. But, you know, in terms of for the doctor or the nurse to be able to see the cervix and just take a very small sample of the cells on top of it, most of the time that gets done within two minutes. So it's two minutes every three years of your time. Most patients will say it's uncomfortable or not really bothersome at all. It's not very often that we hear people saying that it's painful. And if you are someone that's had a bad experience or are worried about it, you know, now is the time, you know, to share those stories and, and remember that your healthcare team is there to listen to you and figure out ways to make it more comfortable for you. Now, is this done by a GP or do you have to go and see a specialist? Yeah, so it, we're really lucky in Ontario. So primary care physicians, so family doctors or nurse practitioners uh, can do the test. If you don't have a family doctor or a nurse practitioner that you can go to, we actually have a mobile coach um, that actually reaches out to underscreen areas. You can even call and make an appointment and you can get a PAP on uh, basically a mobile coach that will look at all your cancer screening needs. Now, as, as the doctor, what are you looking for? So the first thing we want to know is that the cervix itself looks normal. So basically, this is the opening to the uterus, uh, where babies go, where periods come from. And we want to make sure things look fine. And once things look fine, then we want to take a sample of the cells because the first steps uh, of an abnormality are far too small for us to see with the naked eye. So that little sampling of cells on the top will tell us if there's anything going on. Let's talk a little bit about how you guys are going to get involved in this program. Uh, the girls themselves. Uh, you, you are the champions here. How, what, what's the game plan? Um, well, there are postcards that are going out and a whole media campaign going out about um, kind of showcasing our faces as as those champions, as well as we have our home opener coming up on April 21st at Right on Target, which is the old target space at the Centre on Barton. And there's going to be a table there where um, the Cancer Screening Centre is going to be disseminating information, um, connecting people with the, the mobile coach that was just mentioned. Um, and we'll continue to promote this throughout our season as, as this is a great partnership and, and want to make sure that we're getting the word out. That's what I loved about this. This is not a one-time thing. You guys, are you're here for the long haul. Yeah. And, and, and that's great to see that sort of commitment. Uh, we'll talk more about the season that's going on and, and the impact that it's going to have. Uh, talk to us about those, those stories as, as you started to talk to some of the teammates and some of the folks involved with the, the team uh, about this and, and the importance of this. Uh, were you surprised that, uh, that about some of the things that you heard, some of the things that people would, would talk about? Well, one of the things that surprised me just with our league in general is the number of people that we've actually had come through our league who had cancer at a very young age. Um, two members who are no longer with the league, both of them had um, breast cancer um, and another one had ovarian cancer and both within their childbearing years, which was very uncommon. And those were caught through through routine tests. One of the other folks who very quickly put up her hand, Kaylee, um, had actually, she's a, she at, a, at quite a young age uh, had an abnormal pap come back and she ended up having to have part of her cervix and uterus removed. So to have her speak about that and, you know, put her hand up so quickly to say, this is important and I want to talk about it, you know, applaud all around to them. How reliable is the test, doctor? I mean, you mentioned old prostate uh, exams. 
uh, just a little while ago. And I know a lot of males that uh, that don't want to do that or go through that process. Uh, the excuse they always give is, well, you know, it's not really reliable. There are a lot of false positives that go that go on, yeah. and uh, and that does happen. That doesn't mean you shouldn't take the test. By the way, I just want to throw that argument right yeah. out there. But that's that's what they're hanging their hat yeah. on. What about this test? So I like to think of a pap test as a kind of test that helps to reassure you that you're healthy. So it's very good at telling you that you don't have a problem. Um, so when your pap is normal, you have an over 98% chance of not developing cervical cancer in the next three to five years. So it's very good at saying, you're good, keep going on with your life, we'll see you in three years. When it's positive, that can be positive because the very earliest changes that are precancerous could be happening or it could actually just be that it is a false positive. But we have a second program uh, involved um, in the city through usually a gynecologist that will make sure that your cervix is fine. And there are many steps we can take to make sure that it's treated before, for instance, you'd need to lose your uterus. So we want young women to go and get checked because we can treat things and they'll still be able to go on and have children if that's what they want to do. Just talk to us, walk us through that process. If there is a positive there, what are the next steps? Yeah. So when patients have a positive pap smear, sometimes that test gets repeated. Uh, and that can still be done with the family physician or nurse practitioner. Uh, other times, if the abnormality is a little bit worse, then they're seen in what's called a colposcopy clinic. And we actually have the second largest clinic in Ontario uh, here at the Jervinsky. And again, this is just looking for signs of precancer with some very simple tests. It takes a few extra minutes and rarely a, a biopsy, which isn't that uncomfortable, can be performed. Are, are there things that we can do to, to stay healthy about this? I mean, you know, for instance, we can talk about lung cancer, and obviously there, don't smoke. Uh, any other numbers of cancer, what we put into our body has an impact on our bodies. What about cervical cancer? One of the things that's really fascinating about cervical cancer is it's one of the few cancers in the world that we actually have a vaccine that helps prevent. And so school-age children currently are given the HPV vaccine, and there's the option of getting it, and that significantly reduces the chances of ever getting an infection, let alone getting cervical cancer or later in your life. Uh, yeah, how's that campaign going? I mean, there's been some resistance to it yeah. in the past. Yeah. Uh, are, are we crossing that hurdle now? Are people understanding the importance of the, of the vaccine? We're still seeing people on both sides of the fence when it comes to HPV vaccination, and the numbers are certainly growing. Uh, I think it's important to remember, and, and I'm a parent myself, and certainly my daughters are going to get the HPV vaccine when they're ready, but the HPV vaccine doesn't encourage risk-taking behavior. Um, over 100 million doses have been given around the world. It's considered a safe vaccine. You know, I, I see there as being a really good opportunity here to avoid bigger, more important interventions later on in life. You know, those three jabs now could save quite a lot of medical intervention later. And cervical cancer, for those patients that have experienced it, is not a pleasant disease. And, and you know, we really have the potential to prevent suffering. I, I never could get around that. I understand that there's some, in some people's minds anyway, some ethical concerns about this. And, and I've heard that argument, and heaven knows we've had those discussions on the show that uh, some people feel that, well, that gives them carte blanche to go and do what they want and become sexually promiscuous. And uh, you know, I just don't get the rationale behind that. But I, anytime there's a vaccine that's going to limit the opportunities or the possibilities of you getting ill, uh, you got to jump at it. And, and the fact that that's available and readily available and proven to be effective is, is I mean, check those boxes. That's what you want when it comes to healthcare. Yeah, absolutely. And and certainly, you know, vaccination is a personal decision and we support people either way. I think it's also important to know that even if you don't get vaccinated, we still want to see you and we still want to do your pap. Uh, you know, it's not about right versus wrong. Um, but, you know, we're right at the precipice of a new time. I mean, there really aren't many cancers in the world that you can treat with a vaccine. So it's pretty fascinating.
Uh, research. How's the research coming when it comes to cervical cancer? That's always a concern about raising money and, and, and making inroads into yeah. that. You know, one of the things that always inspires me is how far we've come over the last 15 to 20 years talking about breast cancer. You know, when I was growing up, that was still not a word you would ever use or talk about. You know, people talk about natural causes and things like that. Uh, and it's really great to have ambassadors like the Hammer City Roller Derby to uh, to start talking about cervix. You know, I think it's really good. Um, you know, with cervical cancer, ideally, if we do a good job of preventing, we won't need to raise a lot of money. Uh, a lot of the research being done in cervical cancer right now uh, is related to trying to reduce some of the harms from treatment because uh, treatment can involve radiation um, or surgeries and those surgeries have other long-term consequences. So we're trying to really reduce the burden of that disease. But the takeaway here, Maggie, is that it's oftentimes preventable. There, there are things, yes. there are steps you can take to mitigate this. Yes. And, you know, cancer looms out there like over people's heads. And often I think it's not a question of if someone, if our population is going to get cancer, it's when. And if you can prevent that type of cancer, prevent it. You know, and it, and it's, as we talked about earlier, it's relatively easy. Once every three years, get your test done, and then you know. And uh, mark it on the calendar, and mm-hmm. do it with uh, with great regularity. Uh, you mentioned you, you guys are going to do this all through the season. When's your first gonna, gonna match? When's the game? Our first bout of the season is on April 21st, and it's at Right on Target, which is the community space in the old Target building at the Centre on Barton. Uh, doors open at 6, game starts at 7, and we're playing against Kingston. Been to a game yet, Doctor? No, I'm really looking forward to going to the season opener. Yes. Uh, I have not seen this team. Uh, I, uh, people know, I guess, that listen to the program that my producer, Liz Russell, of course, is a member of the team and, yes. and uh, getting set for this. So I've heard the stories. I understand what's going on. <laughs> uh, and and I, usually, actually, when I usually talk to you guys, it's orthopedic doctors you bring in here, but because <laughs> <laughs> it gets a little rough. Uh, but this is a very important message to get across. And, and I'm so glad that you guys are involved in this and, and to create that awareness for it. And uh, we got to finish on a high note and talk about the great, uh, i got about 30 seconds left here, doctor, but the great work uh, and care and support services that are available for people in this community because of Jurovinsky. Yeah, you know, our, our nurses and doctors are passionate about keeping you healthy and treating the patients that are having trouble. And, uh, you know, if you're not sure when you got your last pap, take two seconds, call your family doctor today, find out when it was, and if you're due, make an appointment. Great to have you guys here and continue good luck and uh, stay healthy. Thank you. Thank you. Good to have you with us. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on AM 900 CHML.